Let me see you put them up Reach the sky, touch the stars up above Cause it's one time for the underdog I'm Patrick Bidavi, host of Value Tim, and today I'm going to share a clip from a podcast I did with Tom Bailu from Impact Theory when he asked me to question Pat, how can one recreate their identity? We're going to talk about that in today's episode. One thing in your book that you talked about that I thought was really interesting was you asked the question, to your point about questions, when was the last time you thought about your identity? And you just brought that up. What's that process for people? How do you be like, how, what is the identity, which I think most people give stats. Like, what do you mean by that? And how can people begin yeah. to shape their identity? So, uh, uh, Tom, who were you in high school? What was my identity? Yeah. So if I was a in comedian. high school with you, who were you? You a, were a comedian? A thousand percent. Okay. Comedian. Yep. When did it change? Uh, as soon as I went to college, I consciously decided I wanted to become the artist was not necessarily the right decision but that was yeah when i changed and then what happened from artist to quest poverty got it and so i so i start um want to be the funny guy because i need attention in high school okay. I, by the end of high school i'm very good at making people laugh in a sort of living room funny way mm-hmm. i do countless hours of practice of stand-up comedy and when I go to college, I'm like, my only style of humor is self-deprecating. So I'm always making fun of myself, which actually makes me think a little bit less of myself. And so I very much had an inferiority complex in high school. I cheated my way to being in the top 10 of my graduating class. I did terribly on my SATs. And I come into film school and I'm like, this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. Like, I actually want to be good at this. And that's one sort of realization I'm grateful for was I realized at some point you're in the big bad world and you're either good or you're not. Mm -hmm. And so you better stop cheating, really pay attention and get good. And so I thought I need to take myself more seriously, stop making fun of myself. So I didn't tell anybody that I was, you know, a, a comedic person or anything. I didn't make jokes, nothing. And so I began to adopt the identity of the artist. I have some artistic failures, which creates this identity crisis. I'm very much in the grips of poverty now because I've graduated. My parents aren't helping me anymore. I'm selling insurance door to door. So what year is this? What year this is, is this would have been '99. Wow! So twenty years ago. Yeah. So and and I'm just like in this. I'm sliding towards depression. I have no sense of how I can make things come true. This is all pre-internet. So like, there's just there's no hope for me. Mm-hmm. Like there's mm-hmm. I. The idea to make a $100,000 film, which back then there was no YouTube, there was no video cameras you could make movies on. I mean, it just wasn't a thing. So it was like $100,000 film might as well have been a $100 million film. So I'm stuck. What am I going to do? And that's when I meet these two entrepreneurs who are like, look, you're coming to the world with your hand out. And if you want to control the art, you have to control the resources. And so that began a very long journey of identity for me, of figuring out who am I? How do I define myself now? And how is that useful? Wow. Like understanding that it is completely malleable. I can decide right now that I'm somebody else, that my identity is something new and something different. Like I remember the day I told people I was going to start lifting. And I just said, right now, today, I'm lifting. And I told people I'm going to put on muscle. I'm going to look like Hugh Jackman. Everybody's like, yeah, yeah, right. And I just went beast mode. And I just started working out all the time. And I realized, whoa, like it's a demarcation line in the sand. Yesterday, at this time, I did not have the sense that I'm going to become like Hugh Jackman, that I am a lifter. I am somebody who sticks through with what they say. And now today, I'm just going to decide that is me. And so I began telling people it, which gave all this pressure that I had to live up to it. And I began to realize like, whoa, this is a lever that you can pull and it drives behavior. 
That's amazing. I mean, that pretty much explains the whole thing about identity, right? So uh, I think the first identity we have is whatever identity we're trying to get attention for. I mean, you know, when, when you come out, you're saying you're, your family extremely obese, I think you said. Mm. So I don't know, was it a uh, mom and dad stayed together? Was it a healthy family? Was it loving? Was it, was it a crazy environment? Was it a lot of pressure? No, like it was pretty good, but my parents end up, so I, I have this recurring nightmare as a kid and I can't explain it. I'm in a loveless marriage. So imagine me at 14, I've never had a relationship, but I, I have this recurring nightmare about being in a loveless marriage. Not realizing, of course, my parents were in a loveless marriage mm. and I just didn't know. Wow. And so on some subconscious level, I was obviously picking up on that. Mad respect to my parents who stayed together until three weeks after I left for college and then they split. Get out of here. No, and I actually respect it like that. I wow. would never do that. I would never repay that because that's so crazy to me to live a life that's less than it could be for your kids, just which for is why you. I don't have children. That, that makes sense um, So, but that they did that, I'm very grateful. Wow going back to the identity part uh you know you had a moment that you had to make a decision and you asked some questions and you met a couple people that eventually inspired you to want to make change and then you went after what you wanted to do and that day when you said i'm going to start looking like you jackman the next day and one day the decision not that serious the next day here's who i'm going to end up being when i listen to your story it's all why two and uh, we don't spend enough time with why two why two is linked to identity how to is systems learning it's a skill, it's a skill set, anybody can pick that up. So identity is you asking the questions until eventually you get to a point that you get to the deeper part of who do you want to be? What life do you want to live? And why do you want to live this life? Why is it important to you? Why is it what you're putting through all these hours? Why would you want to do that? That transition when you go through it, and then the pressure part when you said, here's who I'm going to be, where you declare your intentions to the world. This is what I'm going to be doing. A lot of times we keep things a secret. And so there's a debate. Some say you should never declare your intentions to the world because that pressure could create anxiety. You should never do it. You know, like Babe Ruth pointed a finger and I'm going to hit a home run. What if you don't hit it? What if you fail? You know, what if you say, Michael Jordan says, the Bulls never winning, losing game seven. You should never say that because there's too much pressure on the players. Or then the other side said, well, you should put the pressure on yourself because your teammates play better because it's not on them. It's on you. And the leader does that. To me... Um, I think declaring intention serves a purpose. I think when you go out there and you say, this is what I'm going to be doing, this is where I'm going to be at, you officially have the world holding you accountable. That pressure could be good pressure to put into your life. Uh, we, we, we hear the phrase peer pressure, and we always get the negative connotation with peer pressure. Right? It's like, hey, uh, don't do drugs because of peer pressure. You know, Say no to drugs, peer pressure. Go to school, peer pressure, peer pressure. Where, I mean, it all depends who the peer is that's giving you pressure. Because if you got the right peer giving you the right kind of pressure, you can do some big things in your life. Mm -hmm. So I think that additional kind of peer pressure you put into yourself, you're in the right circles, right environments, those two guys that, you know, put some kind of a peer pressure or direction into you, can really be a spark to change someone's life. Where all of a sudden the identity goes from being a regular person to the next day, no one recognizes mm -hmm. them. In the wor world of social media of influencers, there's some that'll say things like, listen, you have a lot of time. Take your time. You're okay. You're going to be all right. You're going to be fine. You have a lot of time. And that's fine. That can work for some audiences. And sometimes you wonder if it's almost like a strategy so other people don't catch up to you because they think they're <laughs> like, honestly, you sit there and say, is this guy really that dark that he's trying to get everybody else to slow down so he kind of, you know, works his ass up. Well, hey, everybody else, you slow down. It's okay. Where for me on the other side is, listen, this never lies. This lies. When I look at my hand this way, I'm 25 years old. When I look at my hand this way, I'm 40 years old. <laughs> we look at our hands too often this way. I like to look at my hands like this. 
This doesn't lie. This is a 40-year-old wrinkles. This is 40, okay? I can't lie about that. That's 40 years old. Now, I can look at this and say, no, I'm a lot younger. I got a lot of time. We don't. So, for me, I would sit there. One of my biggest drivers was, you're at your dad's funeral. This, this sounds crazy to some people, but I have visualized. It's going to be the first time my dad's ever going to hear this because I've never said this to him because, you know, I just don't want to tell him this kind of stuff because I don't want him to think about it. Like, I don't want him to say, hey, can't believe you said this. I have visualized my dad's funeral 50,000 times. And when I visualize, I'm like, okay, you're speaking. What are you saying? You know, you're the closing speaker. What are you going to say? You okay with it? Are you okay with who's going to be there? You know, are you okay if he dies at this age? Your kids never met him. They don't have a relationship with grandpa like you don't. For you, it matters because of Bet David last name. You're the only person I can continue this Bet David last name. All the other guys didn't have kids. You have to continue this generation. There's a legacy. The Syrian community is a small community. We're endangered species. It's not like there's millions of us. It's a very small community of Syria. We lost our country. So I go there and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's not how it's going to be. Here's how it's going to be. He's going to live this. This is what's going to take place. So when that day comes, I'm not going to have any regrets because I'm going to be good. That visualization of going there creates so much urgency for me that makes me move. Too often, this whole gift that we have, like we're not putting that gift of imagination and visualization in place. And so either we waste it and we just go into la-la land. Oh my gosh, what if I have a big house? What if my you know, zip code is Beverly Hills? What if I have this big house? And what if I could put the big parties? What if I date these hot girls? What if I date the best looking guy? What if I have this? What if I have that? That's fine, but that's not deep enough. You got to go really deep, really deep with purpose and really deep with if you don't move, what could take place? So again, going back to it for me is for people to sit there and realize if you really want to move yourself, Ask the questions, go deeper on what life could happen, both good and bad. Don't just say, oh, all good or all bad. Tap into both of them, and hopefully that creates urgency for you to start taking the next necessary steps to grow your business. But uh, the gift of imagination and visualization is rarely used properly. Thanks everybody for listening. And by the way, if you haven't already subscribed to Valuetainment on iTunes, please do so. Give us a five star, write a review if you haven't already. And if you have any questions for me that you may have, you can always find me on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. Just search my name, Patrick Bid David. And I actually do respond back when you snap me or send me a message on Instagram. With that being said, have a great day today. Take care everybody. Bye-bye.